Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, 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 welcome to Say It Loud. I'm a woman and I'm proud. I have two of the most beautiful people in the world on my show today that I just love to death. Pastor Mark Rouse and the awesome Venus Rouse. She's a pastor also. She's a fantastic speaker, and we're going to be talking about how he covers her. And we'll be right back in a minute. Fabulous people, Pastor Ma, uh, Mark Ross, Ross. That's God bless you. How are you? Uh, Ross. Remember, we used to call you the Ross. The Ross. <laughs> we never knew it was Ross. Oh Lord. We never knew you were German. And, no, uh, yeah, the name is German. It's German. We didn't know y'all was German. We didn't know we was living next to German people when we were living next to you. <laughs> <laughs> we thought we thought y'all was just neighbors. Y'all was special. Uh, 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 Mark Rouse and uh, Pastor Venus Rouse. Good afternoon. God bless you. And welcome to all my callers. Hi, how y'all doing today on this Sunday? We're doing great. Yourself? Doing good. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, it's an interesting topic today, and um, I love this topic uh, because I think a lot of women are interested in the topic, and I'm so glad that I have a um, male's point of view, and especially I'm always going to have a woman's point of view, uh, Venus, Pastor Venus. I'm always going to have a woman's point of view. But we have a man here, and today we're going to just talk about how he covers her, and I'm going to explain a little bit about that. Then I'm going to let um, uh, you two explain what it means. It's how a man takes care of the women in his life, and I'm going to start with um, a man's point of view, which is Pastor Mark. And tell me a little bit about uh, the meaning, how he covers her. Well, the, the story came from uh, something that God gave us, a conference that we do every year uh, for married couples, single, and even those that have gone through divorce. And it, the title God gave me says, How He Covers Her, and the duty and the role of the husband to cover his wife or the son, teaching the son how to cover the woman in his life because you can't go anywhere without a covering. You, you, you need a covering on you everywhere that you go. And so that is, how he covers her means that my role, my responsibility in my wife's life is to cover her because she is the angel of the house. If you notice, when God created the angels, God is their covering, and so therefore they are up under his covering and his protection. Well, my wife is under my covering and my protection, and it's my duty to make sure that she be treated as the angel of the house. That is the most beautiful thing I've ever heard in my life. Uh, Pastor <laughs> Venus, does he treat you like that? Yes, he does. He does a, a good job <laughs> of making sure I'm doing quite well. <laughs> make sure I have well, what I need. Well, you better hold on yes. to him. 
<laughs> Go ahead, uh, Pastor Venus. Well, um, how he covers her um, basically deals with um, when a man and a woman come together um, in marriage. Because with when God looks at um, two men or two a, a woman and a man coming together. Um, he looks at it as a covenant. God honors covenant. And so when two people uh, make a vow to um, give their lives to each other, to take care of one another, when they're exchanging those vows on that beautiful day called um, a wedding, that's them coming into covenant um, before God. And some people think, well, you know, why is that so important? Well, when you come under the umbrella of a covenant, God blesses that covenant. God believes in covenant. He believes in relationship. And so before, uh, when we go back to Genesis, you have to look at the book of Genesis where um, God created uh, man. And before um, God gave man woman, God gave man responsibilities. God gave him the responsibility of tending to the Garden of Eden. He didn't just give um, the woman a man just to be giving him one, giving her one, but he gave her a man that was prepared for her. If you look in Genesis, it talked about how Adam would talk with God in the cool of the day, every day. So it taught the lesson that man had to have a a relationship with God. He had to be accustomed to talking with God about life, whatever it was that was going on with him. He gave him principles to follow. Hmm. Talk with me, visit with me, have relationship with me. So his first assignment was to meet with Adam at the cool of the day, every day, like clockwork so that he could fellowship with God. And that's the same picture that God wants man to mirror with his wife. I don't want you to be just silent with her, but I want you to commune with her like I taught you to commune with me. So it teaches the lesson that communication is very important. Okay. Now, um, I'm going to go back to Pastor Mark. Can you name some of those roles that a man is supposed to play in a woman's life? Right. Um, The man's responsibility is to be prophet, priest, and king in his home. What does that mean? He's the prophet because he speaks into the into the people, into his wife and family, the thing that God has downloaded into him. He's the king because he has the authority to rule out everything in their house. He walks in the authority of God, and and that authority does not mean that he lords over his wife or beats over her head saying that I control you. No, that's not the kind of relationship that God does because what God did was made him, uh, her and him equal with one another because, after all, she came out of him. She is the rib that protects the heart of man. Because God called her the rib, and when you look at the rib, your rib takes all your vital organs in your body. So she is the 
He is her covering. He's the prophet, priest, and king. He's the priest because he goes to God concerning his family. He intercedes to God about how do I take care of this. When I first married Pastor Venus, or before we got married and stuff, I said, God, how do I take care of a woman who who you have placed in my life. God, I need to know how to make her smile. I know I need to know what makes her cry. I need to know how to deal with all of her emotions that she will go through. God, I didn't have a lesson because nobody taught me this. Because, see, I was taught to have affairs and not relationships. Because that's what men affairs are taught. With, excuse me, excuse me, Pastor. You mean affairs with other women or just be married and have affairs? Or, or what, what are you trying to say? Affairs with other women. Fathers, there are many fathers, not all of them, that teach their sons. When their son, uh, they tell their daughters, I don't want you to be hanging around with all these boys because they'll do stuff like that. But when their sons come home with different uh, different women, he'd be like, hey, 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 that's my boy. That's my boy. That's teaching your son to have an affair and not a relationship. So God had to deprogram all that out of me to teach me how to have relationship. So I know men are men know how to have an affair, but to have a true relationship with somebody that you can be vulnerable with. See, because teaching them how to have affairs is not teaching you how to be vulnerable as men to your wife. It's and teaching I, I you how I to play the game. Right. I can understand that because for some men, having a lot of women is like something to be proud of. Right. Women, that's a badge women, of honor. Women, that's what we've been taught. That's, 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 that's I, I got me uh, four or five women. You know, anytime I need whatever I need, I can pick up the phone, and that woman is going to be there for me. I can go, and, and if uh, I lose one, I'll just deal with the other ones and get a new one. I mean, women that's, have that's, become. That's that song uh, in the world, remember? Yeah, mm-hmm. but see, that, that's that song from the world that you heard. If your girl started acting up, then you take her friend. Yeah. Right. <laughs> see, so the world yes, would always yes, teach I like you that. Yes, I like that song, actually, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love that. That was funny. But we didn't. We were just saying the word. We didn't, we, we didn't want that to happen to us now. You I know, know you didn't, but that's what we men didn't, were it, taught. You know, that's what a lot of happened. men were taught. Right. Right. That's what we were taught. But. The thing is, see, women are taught relationship from when y'all were children on growing up. Because when you played that, y'all played house way before we did. Yeah. Because you had your dolls, you had uh, Barbie and Ken, and you were playing house and learning how to be a good home on cook. Uh, the Barbie's playhouse where you cook meals for the family. Men didn't have that. You give us toys and guns, and we, and that's all we were taught. Yes, that's we didn't true. talk that but we had a responsibility. Us, some, of had, some of us did the Susie Homemaker thing. Some of us. Um, yeah, I went in the other direction. I guess one just let you know that I'm not the greatest cook in the world, or whatever. But we were taught that. And if I said if I had a a, a daughter, I wouldn't uh, have her as a child carrying around a baby because that's all that's saying is this is what you do in life. Mm-hmm. This is your role in life. Make sure you got the baby with you at all times. And um, being a mother—that that's your aspirations for being a to be a mother versus uh, making sure that your daughter—I'm talking about women now—is uh, uh, very intelligent and pretty, and make sure they get an education so they can be independent. So that that was right. always my thing. But, uh, but, uh, but yeah, see, we are taught we are taught from kind of birth to be nurturing and to be uh, this this mother figure with the dolls, you know, and I said now right. sometimes they give boys dolls now too, 
but I don't think that's working. But uh, I I agree with you totally. Now, Pastor Venus, how do you feel about that? Um, uh, do you agree with me, the role of, um, or agree with your husband? We both are kind of on the same page. The role of that man to that woman. Can you you want to expound on that? Um, I I do agree with that. Um, that the man is God looks at him as the head of the house and the head of his wife. And so it's important for him to have a relationship with God so that he knows how to care and protect his home. Um, And that communication with God is so important because a lot of men did not have a role model. Some of them did not have fathers, so they don't have an example to say, okay, this is how I'm supposed to love my wife. This is how I'm supposed to take care of my family. They didn't have that. So you have a lot of men and a lot of husbands who are um, kind of making it up as they go, and they're, you know, kind of doing the trial by error kind of thing and doing the best that they can with what knowledge that they have. And so that's why I started talking about how before God gave man wife, he taught him fellowship, which mm-hmm. meant that, okay, you, I'm giving you a principle that I'm going to have you to use when I bring that other person into your life. And the biggest thing that um, men have a problem with is communication, and it's just something that is innate in them. <laughs> and yes, some of them I don't are know why. Not good you know, communicators. The, we do the talking, they do the listening, yeah. right? Is that right, yeah. uh, Pastor? Venus, they, yeah, we do the we're, talk and they we're, do the we're listen. more introverted in that area than women are. Women are, you are extroverted. Y'all express through emotion. Men don't do that. We express on the inside or we express our, our, our feelings through anger or we express it through every other aspect instead of just communicating. So you have to, as men, we have to learn how to be true and powerful communicators. Mm-hmm. That is That is so true. Um, Mm -hmm. Now, we went through some of the roles, and we talked about that, and I think some people or some men interpret that, and uh, I've talked to a lot of women who the man feels like, I'm the head of the household, I make all the decisions, I have the final word, Um, this is is my castle, I'm the king of my castle, because you had mentioned a little bit about that, uh, Pastor um, Mark. And they take that literally. And uh, sometimes women are oppressed by that. Well, the Bible said that. That's what the Bible said. I'm the king of my castle, and I, and I make all the rules. And uh, you do what I tell you to do. How do you break that syndrome? Because we have a lot of men out there that's doing that. And I'm going to start with uh, Pastor Venus on that one because you're, I'm a woman, you're a woman. And I'm pretty sure it's one time or another you may have encountered this through your lifelong relationships with men. Uh, Can you tell me a little bit about that and how you feel about that? Well, um, I agree that the the men are the head of the house. Um, I agree that God put put and ordained an order in the house. And when I say order, I mean it's God first, then the husband, the wife, the family. So God had an order in it. But God also um, wanted men to um, 
to treat women a certain way. In our submission, that's the um, that word submission is one that um, aggravates, annoys, makes a lot of women mad when we hear submission, and um, yes. and I believe it's because it's been taught in so many different ways to um, make it seem like a woman doesn't have a say-so in her house. But God created the woman as a help meet, which means to help him meet whatever the goal is, whatever um, God has laid on his heart to do, if it's opening up a business, if it's, you know, starting ministry, or if it's going out helping veterans, you know, recover after they come back from war. Whatever that dream is, whatever that goal is, whatever that assignment is, the woman was put there to help him meet whatever that assignment is. And in us submitting, it's not so much that you're submitting because you're under control, um, under his control, but you're submitting as he submits to God. That's why I say it's so important that the man understands that he, if he doesn't have a relationship with God first, he's not going to know how to treat the woman. That's why okay, it was so okay. key for God to communicate with Adam every day. Every day God was downloading something into Adam to help him to be the man that he envisioned Adam to be. So in us submitting to that husband, we're also submitting to him as he submits to God. Now, when he gets off off track and, and not doing things like he's supposed to, God also hears our prayers as women. We can also go to his creator and say, okay, God, this man is clowning. He's not doing right. I need you to um, <laughs> yeah. help this man. He's he, he not doing right. We can be a tattletale and we can go back and tell his creator, God, um, he's messing up, God. We need you to. Uh, we need some help right about here. Amen, but it was never, baby, preach. It was never about control. God didn't put us in their lives to be controlled. He took us, like He mentioned, um, from the rib, which protects the heart, the vital um, organs of the body, and it. The rib is is from the side, so He never, mm-hmm. you know, ordained us to be walked on. He never, you know, ordained us, you know, for to be behind where they walk ahead of us like we don't mean anything, but he wanted us to be joined side by side, to to be equal like he mentioned, and at the same time that we're both important to the to the relationship. We both have something to offer. God has put something in each of us to help bring about um what a true marriage should be about. And the marriage is basically, it should be mirroring what God's relationship is to mankind. Amen, so girl, please. That, okay, she she got it, she got it. But does that mean that you said women and the men, men are equal in this relationship, but the man is is the leader, more or less? He and is my the question leader. Is, and, this, and when I talk mm-hmm. to women, I'm, I'm going to say, when I talk to women uh, about the relationship, because women do come to me and they talk to me, and they mm-hmm. tell me things. I don't give advice or anything like that because that's not my not that's not my call here to give you advice. I'll listen. I may talk about give my opinion, but I don't give advice. But um, somewhere that that role goes wrong when the man has the women feel like they're being oppressed. Uh, as we 
remember, in the marriage vows, it was love, honor, and obey. And mm-hmm. that has been obey can be put in and can be taken out. And I think, I don't know, when you two were married, uh, was obey in your uh, marriage vow, uh, Pastor Mark? Okay, uh, that obey part, it may be, I can't remember. Yeah. It's in there. You can't it's remember. But see, uh, it's Pastor not obey Venus, to. Do you remember? Yeah, it was in there. Okay. It was in there. She remembers. I had to stop and think. I was like, was that in there? (laughs) But see, what what, what God was doing. Huh? Pastor Venus, was Obey in there? Yes, Obey was in there. But not to the totality as women think it is or as men think it is. Let me break it down from this point. First of all, set the men's record straight. Set the men straight and their record straight. When God gave you that authority, it was not to lord over the women. That's not what that authority was giving to you. Because it was to communicate. He said, how can two walk together except they agree? Because I, before I make any decisions for this house, I talk to her first. I talk to V. I, and I said, what do you think? How we should do this? Do you think we should do it this way or what? What's your opinion on that? And then when she gives me her side of it, and then I weigh my side of it, and then we both go to God in prayer about both sides, and then we say, okay, well, this is what we're going to do. That's the kind of leadership that he was talking about, not to where I'm the head of the house, I wear the drawers here, and you're going to do it this way. No, that's not what he meant. That's never what God meant. That's never what man should have ever believed that he meant. What he meant was that you walk together in agreement and come to the same conclusion and to the same understanding that this is how this house should be ran. Wow. Well, preach, Ralph. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, okay, okay, I give it to you, preacher. I'm going to give you a... Amen on that. Okay, I like that. I like that. I could, I could live with that. I could live with that. But what you need to do is enlighten some of these men and let them know this, that it's not about um, some women are are terrified before their husbands come home from work because they know he's going to complain about this, that, and the other and make sure you got this done and that done. And some women just live in fear when their husbands and come home. And they shouldn't have to do that. They no, should never, it, it you should never have to live in fear of what your husband. If you are living in fear, then he's not your husband. He's a dictator. He's a totalitarian. He rules you with an iron fist and an iron hand. And you know that every time somebody is ruled by an iron hand, any God that rules by an iron hand is always brought down by the real God. Wow. Okay, preach, preach, preach. Okay, okay. Check. So, so with your ministry, and I'm going to uh, ask both of you this. I'm going to start with uh, uh, Pastor Venus. How do you change men's mindset on this? Because I'm pretty sure this comes up when you deal with couples. And how do you reshape that thinking that um, the Bible says I'm the I'm the boss and I and I and I, I rule here and 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 I control everything in this household. And uh, you better have this done, that done, that done when I come home, and don't and don't be gone long because I'm going I'm going to watch and see how long you're gone. And now with the mm. access of cell phones calling you, where are you? What are you doing? You know, when are you coming <laughs> back? You know, timing you. Some men time women when they go to the store. It's just the true fact. How do you mm-hmm. change that mindset? I'm gonna start with uh, 
Pastor Bina, she's a woman. So how do you change that mindset when a couple comes to you with, with these issues? How do you change that? Or how do you start to change that? How do you plant that seed to change that? Well, I guess the first thing that I think I would do is um, take a look at that person. If it's if we're dealing with the man, I, the first thing I want to know was, did he have a father in the home? Mm-hmm. And if he had a father in the home, I want to know what was what what was your childhood like, because usually a man is going to, and 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 I won't say just a man, but your your environment, the the home that you grew up in, has a large impact on how you handle your family, mm-hmm. how you handle your children. You know, if you were raised in a family where the where the father was a control figure, where when the father comes home, the atmosphere changes and it was time for everybody to scatter, or if you were, you know, in a raised in a home where there was um, alcohol abuse, that kind of thing, those are things that's important to know because it kind of helps you understand the behavior. It kind of helps you understand where that person is coming from, why they behave the way they do. Um, the other thing that I would want to um, make both parties know, the husband and the wife know, what God's design was, what God's, um, what was in his mind concerning the man and the woman, what their roles should be in the home, how important they are to each other as well as God, and that you're not been joined, you've not been joined together um, to control the other, but you've been joined t- together to accomplish whatever that purpose is that God created you for in the first place. Every one of us was created with the purpose, you know, whether you were born out of wedlock, whether you were born, you know, within the marriage covenant, whether it was a rape, whatever happened, you're here. God allowed you to get here, so it meant that God got you here, brought you here, allowed you to be born because of purpose. So the other thing is to let them know that the marriage wasn't just, you know, about you coming together so that you can have liberties to do what you like to do, but God also had something in mind for both of you. Um, As far as changing how men think or how women think in terms of marriage, that is something that um, requires teaching. Um, it requires some um, deprogramming because our environments have such a great effect on what we think, how we do things, how we respond to things. And sometimes that environment can cause havoc in the home because when you get married, you don't um, really know one another You've been on good mm-hmm. behavior for, what, six months, a year, two years, yes. however long you've been dating. Yes. And you really yes. don't uh, know that person. Uh, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't know. You don't know them until you start living with them. And exactly. that's two and different <laughs> worlds coming together. Exactly. He said you it's leave your late. father and you leave your mother and you cleave to your wife. But those two worlds take a while to cleave. It takes a long time to become one because that's two different worlds. I come from a country environment, or this one comes from a city environment, or whatever the environment is, the point is they're not matching environments. They're totally different. Okay, Pastor Venus, we have a caller who just joined us. Caller? 
Nice to meet you. I actually wanted to be part of the conversation. The thing is, my parents have been through a divorce, and I've lived through it for six years. Mm-hmm. And basically, things have been uh, okay now after these six years. But when I was younger, as a teen, things changed a lot. And you know how between the argument with my father and my mom with custody, things have been becoming, uh, like, pardon, but... Like, it, it was hard for me back then, and I didn't know who to trust because because of the custody. I didn't even know who should I stay with. That's the thing. And I decided to stay with my mother because I knew she needed me the most. So, like, mm-hmm. because I had that decision, and when the judge, when I was talking to the to the officials, I lived in my own city. They they let me stay with who I would trust the most out of, and I decided to trust with my mom. So, mm-hmm. like, that, that's just, very difficult like, when I, I, there is a divorce and the children are put in the middle like that. Was there some animosity uh, with your father with you deciding to live? No, with my your mother? my father was was cool. It's just the thing is, my mom realized that she like my dad was in the military, and since my my dad. Oh, talk to my mom about like things, and I didn't know anything about it. I didn't even understand what was going on, and right. like it, it. My dad talked to me three years ago about it, and now that my dad knows about it, I talk to him more and more about things. But mm-hmm. my dad is actually happy that I'm taking care of my mom for the past six yeah. years because she knows that I'm responsible for her. Like she knows that I'm a good, good person. So good. I'm. Like, I, I commend you. I commend you. On that. Mm-hmm. It's just, and I'm sure like, it was hard. I, I never put. Uh, sorry, you go can ahead, go ahead I was, and speak. No, go it's, ahead. Go like, ahead, caller. It's just. Go ahead, Also, caller. with the environment, since I never had a, a father figure for that long, I never, mm-hmm. like, I never thought of religion. You know, I never put in my faith, and and that's when I I lost it. But, like, mm-hmm. I respect people's faith and everything. Like, they're they're cool what they want to believe in. It's just, it's up to them. But, mm-hmm. like, for me, it's just, I, I never I never thought about it. Like, I always blamed him. Why would he do this to me? And why would he cause my parents to do such a thing? But I, I realized that after what happened, it's just up to, like, I, like, I don't really believe as much as I do back then. Because uh-huh. because you know how parents take their children to church and they teach about yeah. their faith and everything. I wasn't that kind of person when that happened. Mm. So, but yeah, that's understandable because I, I I can I can relate to that. I can relate to that situation because my father, my natural, my real father, my real father was in prison for murder. So he was not a part of my life until I turned nineteen. And so for a long time, I had an identity crisis. For a long time, I thought the man that uh, my mother was with, the man that, that raised me, I think, was my father, but he didn't treat me like the son that I thought he should have treated me like. Right. So when my real father came into my life, I, he got to explain it to me. I couldn't be there for you because 
I was in prison for murdering somebody and everything. He said, and I never wanted you to go through the things that you went through and everything. I mean, you know, I had to learn a lot of things because, to be honest, my mother didn't raise me. My auntie raised me. She raised me, and she taught me the values of being a man and everything. And I commend you on that because she showed me how to be a man when there was no man figure in my life to show me how to be a man. But I learned from what she taught me and took that lesson, and I started praying about it because I didn't want to grow up hating anybody. I didn't want to grow up treating women any kind of way. I didn't want to grow up hating people, but I wanted to grow up to be whole. And, and you know, I didn't want to be half. I wanted to be made whole. And so that's why I cried out to God, because they took me to church. But I said, so you're the same God that they come to, but you see what they're doing. That's what I would always tell God. You see the mess that they're doing? It, I know this can't be what you wanted out of a, out of this relationship. And so I had to learn, so he had to deprogram my mind from everything that I had been taught to being a true man and learning how to be a responsible man because I had to learn. A lot of stuff I'm learning right now is through trial and error, but I'm learning because I'm asking questions. How do I be a responsible man so that my marriage don't ever end in divorce so I don't have to go through what I saw them go through? And everything. I didn't want to abuse a woman. That was never my uh, thing to want to do. But God teach me how to love somebody so I never have to abuse them. Because you know, abusers become uh, ab- ab- abusees become abusers, and we don't want to keep. We don't want to perpetuate what happened in our life to something that's now going on. Because see, one day you're going to have right. you have children, right? Do you have children, caller? Um. Hold on, my mom's talking to me. She's also listening to the radio. I'll okay. keep myself muted. Just put me on hold okay. if you want. Because, uh, you see, I, I, I wanted to be a good father. I wanted to set examples because I wanted to break the curse of the thing so that it would never repeat itself. Right. That was fantastic, um, Pastor Mark. We have a new caller. Caller, mm-hmm. would you like to chime in on this um, discussion? Hi, this is Pastor Janine from Chicago. How you doing, Sister Wanda? How you doing? Happy Sunday. <laughs> yes, I know. I'm good. I was on with you, uh, I think, last week with the gentleman who was in the uh, music industry. So I'm on Apostles Mark and Pastor Venus Ralph are my covering, so I definitely want to support and listen in. Oh, wow. Well, praise the Lord. Okay, go ahead. Chime in on this. What do you think of this? Well, I chimed in halfway in the conversation, so I didn't get to hear the first part of what Apostle Mark said. Uh, I know him personally, and all I can say right now is that he is a man, and he demonstrates what is being a man and how he handles, you know, uh, Lady Venus. I've seen it for myself, not to mention he's a fun guy. You don't want to see too many pastors like that. Um, He's real, but I do know he handles his wife in the spirit of excellence, and we need those examples in the earth. So I'm just going to listen in, and if I have anything else to say, I will chime on in. Come on in. Come on in. We love it. We love it. We love it. And, um, 
so, uh, Pastor, that was some some really nice things uh, to be able to stop that cycle of mistreating uh, women because you learn by mm-hmm. example. If you, if right. I didn't have a father in the house, also, mm-hmm. and um, it was hard, um, and I think that's why I'm more independent because my mother was independent. So mm-hmm. that's what I learned: take care of yourself, and um, so. Marriage was never really on my mind, but I think if you come from a home where you see your mother and father are married and they're happy and, they got, and you had a happy childhood, I think you are more likely to emulate that and get married and have a happy uh, relationship. But if you're seeing, right. um, you, you 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 do what you what you know. What I know is to to be to take care of myself. That was always drilled in my head. No one's gonna take care of you. Make sure you got a job. You know, um, that was always <laughs> drilled into my head. So now, I, you know, I'm single, and I have never went down that path of marriage. What do you tell women that are single? And maybe they would like a man in their life, but that their trust level is so, so low. You know, you, you, that it's because you never had that man in your life. You never had the father, a father figure. And I'm going to start with Venus. How do you let down those defenses and say, let a man in your life and trust them um, to really take care of you and just relax and do your thing. How do you how do you get over that, uh, Pastor Venus? Well, um, if your trust has been broken, um, that has to be healed in you first before you can even get into a relationship with someone. That part of you. Um, needs to be healed so that you 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 gain the courage to trust again um the other thing that's important um when that person is trying to open up or um trying to prepare themselves for marriage and know that they still have that um issue with trust i think one thing that's really important i'm back to the communication again because a lot of times when Um, when you're dating or maybe, you know, not seriously dating, but you're exploring the options of dating, I'll put it that way. You're not, um, you're open, but you're not trying to commit. But it's so important to ask a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You need to Mm -hmm. know what you're dealing with, who you're dealing with. You need to know, you know, how they were raised, where they come from, because questions like that help you get an idea of who that person is. You know, if they tell you they come from a broken home or, you know, if they tell you, you know, I lost, you know, my mom when I was young and this is what happened to me afterwards, you need to know all those things to kind of get an idea of who that person is. You know, it's not just, you know, oh, he's so fine or she's so fine and, you know, and and he makes X amount of dollars and this, that, and the other. You know, you need to know who they are and where they come from so that you get an idea, hmm, if I join my life with him, what kind of family am I getting into? Mm-hmm. If I join yeah, my absolutely. life with him, yeah, what 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 am, what am I getting into? Because sometimes, you know, there have been people that have got together, and because they didn't understand what they were marrying into, it 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 was just you know an overwhelming situation when you find out there's incest in the family or you find out right. there's you know uh lots of um 
incest going on, abuse, you know, whether it's alcohol, whether it's drugs. And those things you need to know because you want the option to say, no, I can't deal with that, or yes, I think I'm strong enough to deal with that. But you need the option to decide, do I want to deal with this? Do I want to live with this? Exactly, Amen. and that is so true. And But I think that sometimes as women we trust too much. And I'm thinking about uh, um, the young lady um, recently that was kidnapped, and mm-hmm. um, she had to trust this person an awful lot to mm-hmm. get in his car and drive off, and we've never seen her again. And believe me, that's not the first time that that has happened uh, right. to a woman. We don't know who to trust, and then we trust. And I've trusted the wrong person and have been hurt by it. And I think a lot of women have been hurt so much, we put up mm-hmm. this guard that mm-hmm. no one's going to ever hurt me again. I'm never going to get close to anybody else. I'm just content living by myself, uh, working, doing what i got to do, and that's it. Uh, Pastor Mark, you want to... Um, understand why women feel this way because they've been hurt so many times. I trusted this guy, you know, and, and we're giving. Oh, he he needed uh, $20 for gas. You got that so I can get to work? Well, you can tell me the next day I need $30 because I need to get a mm-hmm. tire. And, we, and women are so giving, you know, and we give so much because we want, we love so much. We love so hard. How mm-hmm. can we I'll, I'll, we got to stop it and stop being hurt. Mm-hmm. Well, the first thing that uh, what you said is I understand why people build walls, and I don't. And, and to that degree, I don't discrepis, I don't dis- disagree with you about your building walls because that allows you. But building those walls, and the reason I don't have a problem with it, is allow you to be healed, to heal yourself behind there for a minute, and then. Then uh, take the courage, and then you build the courage up to step from beyond those walls. But don't let the wall stay up there because you're wanting something, but you won't take down your defenses after you've been healed or you, after you have been uh, – all your brokenness is gone. The reason our ministry is called Tamar because Tamar died with the issues that were never healed. She left the earth without her issues being healed. She left without a child after her. Every uh, she left without nothing after. Only only thing she left on the earth is her name and her and her issues. But never healing from the hurt or the rape or the brokenness. A lot of women are walking through just like Tamar. They're in the earth right now just like Tamar with brokenness on the inside, with unhealing, and they're trying to marry somebody with that same brokenness in you. And so what you do is you attach yourself to somebody that is just as broken as you are, but neither one of you have have gotten together or, or came to a conclusion, I need to be healed on the inside because nobody wants to be single. Let's, let's be honest. A lot of people really don't want to be single. They want companionship, some form of fashion, some way or another. They still want some kind of a companionship. But what has happened, again, you built these walls and you built these systems to protect you and keep you in comfort from ever being hurt again. And so the walls are good for just a season, but 
now comes the point that after you have been made whole and after you have been healed, to be able to step from beyond those walls and say, okay, I'm going to take another step. It's like being a baby all over again. I'm going to try again. I'm going to step out there and everything like that. And the reason I can say that because when I was hurt, I was wounded and I was broken and everything. And one thing God told me, I wanted a relationship, Ms. Wanda, but I, I, but I had so much bitterness and hatred in me and resentment, and I had walls up. And one thing God told me before Venus, Pastor Venus, came in my life, he said, I will never give you one of my treasures with that uh, brutish and bitter spirit on the inside of you. So he said, you have to go through a cleansing and a healing to come from up under all this hatred and bitterness. Because if you don't, you'll destroy that vessel. Remember I talk about the wife being the angel of your house? Anything that you give a woman, she will incubate. She's an incubator. She's a human. Anything you give her, she will multiply it and give it back to you. If you give her groceries... She'll give you a meal. If you give her a house, she'll give you a home. But if you give that woman hell, she'll multiply it and give it back to you. And so she's no longer the angel of the house. She becomes the falling angel, and nobody needs another Lucifer running in the earth. (laughs) Yes, Yes, I'm going to say, can I get an amen? Amen. 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 All right, now, I like that. You just said it all. So (laughs) if you have all this, where do you go to get rid of it? Now, you can go to a therapist. uh, Mm -hmm. Go to a pastor. Mm -hmm. Where do you go to let it go? I mean, some people want to let it go, but they don't know how to let it go. Well, the first thing you have to do is... I want to let it go. I want to let it go, and I want to try again, but I've been mm-hmm. fooled so many times. You know, I've been. Well, then that's I, the thing right there, Wanda. You said it. You hit the nail on the head. You have to have courage in yourself and believe in yourself, okay, I can be healed from this. That there's somebody. That's what I always told myself. There's somebody out there for me that will never hurt me, that will never harm me. And that's something God told me. When he put Venus in my life, he said, she will never hurt you or harm you. He let me know. Because, see, I'm very real with God. If I don't like you, I'm going to tell God I don't like them. I ain't going to lie to you. I ain't going to put on no airs. I ain't going to hang with you. We ain't going to be cut buddies. I ain't going to say, blessed. I'm blessed the Lord and highly favored. No, I don't like you. <laughs> and so I'm very honest with God. And so what God has to do now is to heal me of that so that I can at least have a decent conversation with you. I had to let go of things. See, a lot of folks, again, you still got those walls up. We call them the walls of Jericho. And you need, a, you need to have a Joshua on the inside of you that knows how to march around and bring those walls down in you. Because you have to learn I, I, I how to trust that. yourself first. But you can't huh? trust yourself because you made so many mistakes in the past. But then that's, that's the, mean, that's that means you are not forgiving yourself. Exactly. That's the thing. You, you, you don't forgive yourself. Uh, uh, right. Go ahead. I want to I hear uh, Pastor Venus. Go ahead. Or whoever wants to chime in on it. Pastor Venus. Well, I was going to say that's the first thing that you have to do if you've messed up over and over again. Um, it's quite evident that you're going to have some, some mental issues. You're going to always be reminded, well, that looked like a nice person, but 
I remember I messed up before, so I don't want to mess up again. So it's like you have to, first of all, forgive yourself, mm-hmm. and then you've got to acknowledge. I think the other thing that I am also want to bring out, too, sometimes we have to look at who we're attracting. Mm. Watch out, girl. We have to look at that because if you're um, – a person of low low self-esteem or if you're a person that don't think very highly of themselves or sometimes men will look at that as a type of prey. Yep. Yes. You oh, go. Preach, wife. You preaching, girl. <laughs> she's she's easy. <laughs> I can manipulate her. She has no self-esteem. Yes. She has no gumption about herself. Mm-hmm. And so yes. they look at you. In your mind, you're thinking, oh, well, he's looking at me. He's paying attention to me. But in his mind, oh, you gullible. I'm just waiting on the opportunity to get you because I know you don't believe in yourself. You have no confidence in yourself. And you're just a good prey for me right now. And so you have to be careful that – go ahead. I agree with that. But the other problem is, too, that there is a shortage of men. And and I'm going to go as far as to say African-American men. And Mm -hmm. um, it's hard. And then then you see women fighting over men because there's so Mm -hmm. few of them, and they like that anyway. But it's so few. Of, I'm not going to say good African-American men Because there's a lot of them out there Trust me, I know I've met some, mm-hmm. they're married they're, they're dedicated to their wives They love their wives, they love their family They respect their family Their family is number one And mm-hmm. uh, I understand that But because there is a shortage Of, of good men In, in our communities mm-hmm. It's hard so once you get one, even if he's a bad one, well, a bad one is better than no man at all. I don't feel that way, but some women do. Mm-mm. He's a man. He, he come home. Uh, you know, he he's there. You may not do well, everything I want him to do, but he's there. You know. But so, I guess that that goes back to the values, Wanda. If you feel like, well, oh, as long as I have a man in the house, just so that mm-hmm. I'm not by myself, that says mm-hmm. you got to look at yourself and say, you mean that you're not. You're not worth the wait. Woo! You rather you rather <laughs> compromise and get some rusty ankles sitting on your coffee table that won't work. Yeah, right, exactly. That won't help you in the house. That won't help you raise yeah. the kids. Mm-hmm. That says something I, about the woman's thinking that she doesn't feel like she's valuable enough for somebody, or that she's not worth somebody waiting for somebody that's worth having her. And, and, and I that's, think what that's it a, is, that's a value issue. Yeah, well. and I also think that Pastor Venus and and everybody that's listening, all the pastors here, that it's a long wait. Now, me personally, I'm patient because I don't want to go through no no more mess. And I haven't really been through mess, mess, mess where it's been a whole tons of drama and my whole life has just been thrown apart. I'm really kind of like a work person. But mm-hmm. finding somebody, and this always this has happened to women too that I talk to that work a lot. Finding that match where uh, your mate understands, well, I work. This is what I do. My work is important, but I would like you to support me and and stand by me and and be there for me too and understand that I I I, I love my work. I love you too. 
can we both work together as a team and the man doesn't feel like he's being neglected because that's what I always get. You don't go, you're never home. You don't, you're neglecting me. You don't, why do you got to do this? Why do you got to go here? Why are you, why, why, why? And a lot of women that work a lot get that. And then the man mm-hmm. leaves the course and then he, you know, or, or he, you got to get rid of him because he gets on your nerves so bad. You, he just drives you absolutely nuts. You can't even work because you come home and you're hearing all this grief and you got all this stuff on your mind about what you want to do, and it's very difficult. How do you... Can can I chime in on that right there? I I would tell you to celebrate that he's leaving. Oh, yeah. I would say celebrate. Because you you know why? He's not the one that's for you. Because if he's not patient enough to wait on you... Because uh, I believe this, when y'all said that there's no good man out still left out there, I don't, I, I disagree with that for the simple fact. Just say, there, the, the good man that you're looking for has not found you yet. Yeah, I believe that. I, and I never said that there's no good men out there. I want to make that clear. No, I didn't clear. say you. I'm just saying women are. in general. They, I, I hear that from a lot of women when I minister and, or they share. There's no more good men out there. I, I can't agree with that because what it is, he has not found you yet. Before Pastor Venus came in my life, I got, like I told you, I went through a whole cleansing for five years. I could have said that, and I came close to almost saying that, because anything you speak over your life becomes a reality to your life. The, the Bible even says that. He said you are snared by the words of your mouth. And so anything you speak, you're speaking your reality, or you're speaking your life, or you're you're declaring to your life that, that that I will never have one. So I waited five years. God didn't let me date anybody for five whole years. Five years. And they, don't get me wrong, they was coming. From my people that I, I did business with to people from churches, folks were trying to set me up. Folks in the grocery store was trying to holler and everything like that. I'm not saying that I'm a cutie pie, but, baby, but uh, I was sick of it what I do because everybody likes chocolate. But, uh... Uh, we sure do. We, the, the, dark, the darker the chocolate, the sweeter it is. Go ahead. Yeah, that's right. And so, but Great. I waited five years because I wanted the right one. I told myself that there, I will never have another whirlwind romance with builds up strong and ends abruptly. And so before Pastor Venus came into my life, that's exactly what I did. It was hard. I'm not saying it was easy. It was the hardest thing that I went through. Under, but I was preaching everywhere, and I was doing it, and I had women coming unto me. God said, I'm, you my husband, and everything. I said, first Woo! of all, God, no, I wouldn't date you. <laughs> Uh-huh. Oh, I had them coming and telling me that. God said, you're supposed to be my husband. I said, well, God ain't told me that. So until he tell me, <laughs> that thing ain't valid. <laughs> that communication ain't been connected yet. No, that uh, communication. And definitely, and then the ones that did tell me that, God know I wouldn't have never communicated with that. Uh, that one ever get connected. <laughs> because, and, and I had to tell a woman that, Miss Wanda, this is the killing part. I had to actually tell her that. I said, no, you, I'm not the one for you. And she went off. You are the one. God said you are the one. So since she wanted to go off, guess what? I went there with her. God knows that I would never date a woman like you because he knows the first chance I get, I'm going to have an affair on you. <laughs> okay. okay, okay. So you ain't so the I, one I, for I, me. And, and I can I can identify with the five year thing because like I'm kind of like in this stalled. I've been in school for a couple years, so that is just like nothing because you know I I didn't have time. You know I mm-hmm. I just didn't really have the time. So it's I've been on hiatus, 
And so what? now that I'm kind of dwindled down in school and I'm working a lot, it's, it's you know, it, you do have to sit back and, and, and cleanse and find out um, about yourself and your feelings and collect yourself. And not that I'm going and out there looking. yourself from just, all those other things. <laughs> yes, I have to. I have to let go of the past and not let it predict my future. Oh, you just right. like the one I had before. Oh, Lord, I can't. No, no, no. You know, get rid of that baggage. Get rid of that baggage mm-hmm. on my back. Get 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 that load off my back. And and then right. move on and hopefully uh, I will find the right person that fits into my life. And I also fit into their life. It's just not about me. There you go. You've got to mm-hmm. fit together. It, you know, it's right. not a one-sided thing. And getting back to roles. Uh, we have about uh, less than five, uh, four minutes. Let's touch back on those roles uh, and quickly tell us those roles. And then um, I know I'm going to have you back again, but uh, we have like now four minutes. So Venus, Pastor Venus and Pastor Mark, let's do some roles real quick and teach people about those roles. I, I know it's less than three minutes, but you guys can do it. All right, Pastor Mark, go ahead. Roles. Which roles? For men. The role of the man is to be the covering in in the in the in the wife's house. Even if she has children, you are also to cover those children as well. Because when you marry her, you marry those children, and therefore you have to be father to those children as well. And you have to be the example. Because I, I I've been sharing with people lately that when whatever you see. Whatever you do in front of your kids, you are teaching them to do the same thing to somebody else in the relationship. So your role is to be the example. Your role is to cover her. Your role is to stand beside her. Your role is to protect her at all costs. Even if you lay your own, even if it means laying your own life down for her, but that is the role that you play in her life. She is your covering. You are her covering, and you and she is your love. And you want to keep the atmosphere just right to keep her in that heavenly atmosphere, and so that you present gifts unto that angel. Okay, Pastor Venus, and because I'm going to give you some time to talk about your ministry, because people want to know what your ministry is. And you're you're starting a uh, ministry here in Milwaukee, but you're you're all over the place. So, that's, uh, Pastor Venus, tell me about those roles. Um, our roles um, in a marriage, from the woman's side, um, she's a helpmate um, to our husband. She's the one that covers her husband in prayer. She supports her husband. She's the heartbeat of the family. She, oh yes, she's the heartbeat. Um, sometimes. Daddy may not be accessible, but Mama is. So sometimes when the law comes hard from the father, the mother is there to say, this is what Daddy means, or this is what he's trying to say. So she's the heart of the family. She's the heart of the home. So when the family gets all in in chaos or things get a little out of whack, that woman is there to nurture. She's there to cover. She's there to protect. She's also there to pray um, peace over her family. That that's that's what she does in a nutshell. And I'm just kind of summing it up for the sake of time. But she's okay. the heart of the we family. Okay, got 90 seconds. I got, so I want uh, Pastor Mark, and you can c- come on into uh, Pastor Venus. Tell me about your um, where your ministry is. How can they contact you? Um, y- your ministry is in Milwaukee. But go ahead, Pastor uh, Mark. You got like 90 minutes. I'm sorry, but. Uh, <laughs> we, we, it's been a great uh, conversation. Go ahead, Pastor Mark. 
our ministry is here in the city of Milwaukee, and you can reach us by any means through Facebook, through Twitter. I'm on. We're on Twitter. We're on almost every website out there. We are launching the church. We found. We found the building. Praise the Lord! And I'm just waiting on a, a voice to come back, and we will be serving, having our service on Saturday evenings. Hallelujah! Saturday evenings, the House of Tamar will be officially opening their doors. Uh, we're looking sometime in August. We don't know exactly yet, but we that is the that is the deadline that we're doing because we want to make sure that we're free to do our next thing when we go and ordain our daughter in Chicago, Pastor Janine. Okay, okay, we got Lady Janine seconds. Weatherby. Tell me the name. Tell me the name of your ministry again. Let everybody know your ministry. The House of Tamar World Outreach Ministries. I I want to thank my guests, Pastor Mark Ross, Pastor Venus. And Apostle, young lady from Chicago. Yes, Janine Weathersby. Thank you so much. Love you. See you next time. Have a wonderful. You too. too. Love you too. Bye. We're gone. (laughs) Have a good ending. It was a great show, uh, as usual, people. Great show. I mean, it was (laughs) awesome. People came in at that. uh, It was. It's, this has been gr- awesome. You guys were great. Oh. Call on the cell phone, Wanda. Call on the cell phone. Oh, okay. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.